0: He's with the 45, oh, he's with the 50,
1: planning. oh no he's not, no he's not going to plant it in midfield of the O is he, wow, yes he is,
0: Rattler again to throw steps up in the pocket, throws on the run, right. oh, Drake Stokes, touchdown OU, from the OU 34, Alright, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kami Ar-Murabi, and joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown. How is life treating you? We didn't we didn't do a we didn't do a podcast last week. It was it was the Kansas week, and we were like, oh, it's Kansas. <laughs> no need, no need to worry, and we were all so busy. And then the game actually happened. But how how's life? How 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 are you doing, man?
1: It's good. It's busy. I mean, you've had a day. I'm getting ready to leave uh, for Austin again for a wedding, a fall wedding. I'm probably not going to be able to watch too much of the Texas Tech game, so that'll be fun. But you know, we all make sacrifices, I guess. So,
0: yeah, me, I was I was traveling uh, with uh, our friend of the pod and good friend in general, Brady Trantham, and we were in Los Angeles. We went to go to a concert and we found out within an hour of landing that the concert was indeed canceled and we watched the second half of the OU game in an Uber on the way to LAX. So that was (laughs) an experience, but uh, yeah, let's, let's dive right into it. What the heck is up with OU? Uh, Do you, do you, do you have any diagnosis or diagnoses that you would say, are problems right now. And I imagine there's a laundry list of problems. So what are, what are, what are things that you view as not necessarily minute, but things that are major, major problems that maybe can be fixed and what are problems that you think can't be fixed? Let's start there.
1: I mean, where do you start? I think a lot of things have been said this week. Um, And you know, I don't, I don't think we're going to add anything too original, obviously. Um, you look at just the culture of this Oklahoma team and and what they've kind of uh, or what they haven't done following an almost loss to Kansas. I mean, that's unheard of for a program of Oklahoma's caliber. And, and you have these teams kind of just shrugging off. Uh, you know, yeah, it was a close game, but a win's a win, and we'll just move on from there. I think um, you look at great Oklahoma teams of the past, and you look at the accountability from their team leaders and you look at this leadership on this team. I mean, your starting quarterback at the beginning of the season is now bench. Um, You know, your defensive leaders, Pat Fields, not playing too well. So I think leadership is a dire issue at this point, and I think um, that kind of reflects under the culture of the entire team.
0: Are there other issues that you think – are, are those issues that you think right now, are, are those things that are solvable or are, are those just things that are just completely out of the out? They're just out of bounds. You can't do anything about right. it. It's just something you're going to have to deal with for the rest of the season. And you move yeah. on to the next year.
1: Yeah. Yes. And no. I mean, you're not going to change the culture overnight. That's just not, not reasonable. Um, there's some things you can fix here and there. Um, personnel is another issue. You're not going to overhaul your personnel at this point in the season. You got what you got. Um, but you kind of look at pieces like Key Lawrence starting to play better. Um, how do you fit him into the secondary? I know there's a lot of talk of him probably going to try himself out at a corner this week, but I think you and I agree that he'd be, he'd best best fit in that secondary as a safety um, alongside with and Turner yell. So that's, that's something you could fix. I don't know how willing the coaching staff is to do something like that, but um, that's one place you could kind of start.
0: I just, I have no. It's like I have no words. I, I, I was completely silent during the entire first half of that Oklahoma game because I had no words. I, I the the defense, they've been like everybody has said, oh well, Oklahoma's pass defense is garbage. Of course, like they're missing everybody except Pat Fields, and they're like, but the run defense is good until Kansas ran the ball right at you and got like at least five and a half yards per play and just gashed you and gashed you and gashed you. And is that a situation where OU is a playing to the level or to the level of their opponents every single week? B, like you said, there's a lack of leadership on the team. C, they felt like they could just waltz in there and just, take care of Kansas with their B squad. Uh, There are are a variety of fact. Are there a variety of factors that play into what exactly went down on Let's last Saturday. And it was was like a, it was a muggy rainy Saturday or overcast Saturday. And the stadium keeps on getting more filled as the game goes on, because it looks like Kansas is going to upset OU, especially when there's about a minute 20. Left on the clock in the third quarter, and Kansas is up two scores. It looked very bleak. Yeah, and so like, is this like a situation of leadership? Is this a coaching? Is this i I'm not talking player leadership. I'm talking coaching leadership. Is this? Is this on Riley Grinch? And this this they they always talk about culture, but there seems to be like maybe a, a lack of intensity or something. I I have no idea. What is going on? And, and it also seems like part of me seems like like the team just they expected the walk they expect to walk in there and win like most people do against Kansas, right? But at the same time, Kansas just beat the hell out of them. The Kansas own time of possession. I think Oklahoma got what like sixty total yards in the first half against Kansas. And you have to go back and ha- look,
1: but I think the, had- the time of possession was like twenty one minutes to like seven or something like that
0: yeah they they own time of possession and oh you had eight total possessions in the game they had three possessions in the first half it's just incredible that a team like kansas is able to do that and after texas tech i mean there's no looking past texas tech but after texas tech you have teams with actual good defenses like i don't know baylor Iowa State and Oklahoma State. And two of those teams have relatively okay offenses that will be able to do the same exact things to OU, but at a way better pace and at a way better level than any other team in the Big 12 has done as far as keeping the ball away from the OU offense. And uh, there's 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 a lot to unwrap there. There's a lot to get into. The defense, uh, they don't know. It looks like they don't know what they're doing half the time with their alignments. Like, OU goes up two scores after that Caleb Kelly run, a uh, Caleb Kelly, Kelly Williams run. And next thing you know, like, it looks like OU's in prevent defense or so there's constantly busting. Who knows? Like, they march down the field, and it's like there's no defender within. They're like, in the camera angle, no defender within 10 yards of any of these Kansas receivers. And I'm wondering why that is the case. Why are we playing that? Why, why are they playing that far off? And like, it's just, it's, it's embarrassing, especially on, on the national scale. And it, what's, what's wild is that Oklahoma made, especially Caleb Williams made a couple of very clutch plays to win that game. And they shouldn't have been, they shouldn't have been even been put in that situation to make those plays. Spencer Rattler should have been playing in the second half, or Ralph Ruckel, whatever his name is, should have been playing in the <laughs> second half, and and instead you got Caleb Williams during the entire time because Oklahoma couldn't get their crap together till the second half, and that's just offensively, defensively. Kansas was still able to do some things, but defensively they shorted up a, a few things. But my God, it was just an ugly thing, and I have I had no words. I mean. Alex Grinch is going to say a lot of things, and Alex Grinch between between Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch is obviously the more honest one between the two, right? That is very apparent. That, he's not
1: afraid to hurt uh, hurt feelings there.
0: No, but yeah, he's like he 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 often talks about it. I mean, he says, yeah, they've got to do a better job of, as coaches, but those players have actually got to go out and actually make those plays and he's got he, talking about setting the tone and all these other things and when i talked to brady about it he said it's like almost it's almost it almost feels like ou has to win the coin toss and elect to receive and go on offense first to actually score to force the other team to play catch up instead of ou right. getting behind the chains and getting behind the score and to actively like be a part of this monkey in the middle play game where you consistently are trying to have to keep up with your opponent with limited possessions. That way you're forcing your opponent to actively go downfield and take chances instead of, I don't know, other things. So it's just, it's unreal, but Caleb Williams, he's great. He's a, he's a freshman. He's a true freshman. Hasn't played organized football since his junior year of, of school. He moved to Norman where I'm sure he got fantastic training and uh, he's, he's, He's young. It's obvious. He threw that jump ball to... It wasn't even a jump ball. He just threw, he just threw that ball. A bad pass to Jaden Hazelwood. Maybe didn't get enough arm on it and left it short. And it was an easy interception where he had Kennedy Brooks wide open in the flat at the line of scrimmage where Kennedy Brooks at least gets 7-8 yards if he makes that one guy miss, which he usually does do pretty well after yards after contact. He gets up 20 to 30 yards upfield but he got greedy and so that that's and that's that's the rookie in him right that's the freshman in him he wants to take those chances he sees they're down they want chunk plays they want decisive plays that will turn the tide turn the momentum and they just couldn't do it and no spencer rattler cannot do a lot of the things we saw on the field that caleb williams did i mean like not even not even the fourth, four fourth and third down play where Caleb Williams splits two defenders and houses it. Not just that, but the presence of mind because people often talk about presence of mind in basketball players and making really really smart plays down the stretches of games. No quarterback, especially Spencer Rattler, sees Kennedy Brooks getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage. And immediately thinks and runs we to strip need, the ball. We need to get that ball past first down. To, we need to get the we need to get the first down. And literally runs over to Kennedy Brooks, rips the ball from his arms, and takes it past the first down marker. Nobody is thinking about that. You that happens as if Spencer Rattler is the quarterback, he literally just hands the ball off, and that's it. He sits yeah, he and watches, watches in the backfield. That's it. He watches the play play. It. He watches it play out and then just shakes his head and goes back to the sideline if that happens. That's exactly what would have happened. If Spencer Rattler's your starting quarterback, but Caleb Williams stays within the play, stays engaged, obviously knows the down to down like the the yards to gain situation is in, is effectively involved in the play and he, th- there are things that of course Caleb Williams' arm talent is not as special as Spencer Rattler's. Now does he have a good arm? Yes. Will it get better? Yes. Uh, is he a talented athlete and a guy that just has it? Also, yes. And is he a team leader that people respect, especially after this last week? I think yes as well. Um, what, what What is your take on Caleb Williams after seeing the first half against Kansas and then the second half?
1: Well, you already pointed out he, he's young. Um, he's missed some plays and that's kind of expected when you throw in a true freshman quarterback in that position. Uh, but at the same time, he's doing things that I don't even think, I mean, Baker would maybe do, but I don't think Kyler would ever have the presence of mind to do something like that. I mean, that's a guy that just, it's like backyard football, essentially. He just understands the game. He understands the moment. Um, Does he make mistakes along the way? Yes. And I think in a, in a, in a weird way, me and uh, Keegan Renault talked about this a little bit. That interception is probably going to do a little bit more good for him than uh, than bad. I know it's bad timing, but um, it kind of reminds him that, you know, he's not the perfect guy, even though, you know, whatever ESPN or whatever Fox wants to say about him, he still has a long ways to go to be the player he can be. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, he's just a guy that understands football. I mean, Spencer right. Rattler's a – Exceptional talent, but he—I don't think he really understands the game as well as Caleb Williams, and he probably will never do that.
0: I don't think I don't think Spencer Rattler understands football from a team perspective as well as Caleb Williams does. does that no, make sense? no doubt, no doubt. I think that Spencer Rattler knows his role very well. I feel like Caleb Williams knows his role well, but also knows the roles of others very well as, as well. I think I think he knows the the role of the team and the vision of the team go, going forward uh, more than Spencer Rattler would, and that's something that in what you mentioned is something that Brady pointed out as well. Is like maybe you know the Kansas game, hopefully maybe Caleb Williams will make a mistake that he can learn from, that he can learn from and move on to the the Texas Tech in the last three games of the year. That way he can get those mistakes out and learn from them. And unfortunately, those things just got worse. And OU was just, they didn't get the ball. I mean, they, they simply just did not get their hands on the ball in the first half. And it is just, just weird. You didn't have a punt for, from OU for a long time. Did they, did they even punt? I think
1: they punted once. Um, I don't think, I mean, I think they had one. I think they had a Michael Turk punt. But it's, it's just, it's just
0: unreal. And Lincoln Riley says oh, OU is close. I swear he keeps on saying this. Yeah, they're close to 9 and 3, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're they're not they're not close to like what are they what is he what are they close to? They've shown nothing about anything about being close to being a dominant football team of what what they've wanted to do this entire year, the entire offseason. They've talked about winning football, playing complimentary football, playing football in a championship manner. That's all they've done since December. And you come over here, and then you say, "Oh, we're close." Well, what are you close to? Because clearly, it's not. Ne- it's <laughs> not, not close even in coverage. It's not even close to. It's not close to coverage. It's not close to Alabama. It's not close to Georgia. It's not close to. It, it, uh, it's not it's not even close to other teams that I like it's I don't even know if they would beat Iowa. I don't even know if they would beat Pitt, Pittsburgh right now on a neutral site. No. Just because they've just been so inconsistent, and teams have been playing keep away from OU, and their defense has been so horrendous and not getting to the quarterback. And then and then of course teams are making up for that and game planning around that by playing West Coast and just giving the ball quick so the defensive rush doesn't even matter. And then you got dudes missing tackles on the edges, on the outside, and like things that were not reminiscent of an Alex Grinch defense the last two years. You got to think about it. Two years ago, you had Kenneth Murray in the middle, and he's a guy that directed traffic. And although he wasn't that that that, that special over the middle in deflecting passes, in in past in in past coverages, he was still a dude that would actively get people lined up where they needed to be and let the defense know the expectations of what they were doing on that play. He would affect the game where teams would game plan and scheme around Kenneth Murray. You go to the next year, Ronnie Perkins, the same exact thing. You start to see teams scheming around. Ronnie Perkins that and that opens up doors for Jalen Redmond and Perry and Winfrey to come through to actively create havoc on defense and then this year you're left with Perry and Winfrey like people want to say he's being tackled yeah holding happens occasionally but sometimes he's just being straight up single blocked and he's not getting any penetration right. into the backfield Nick Benito for some reason is not always on the field despite him probably being the best player on that defense right now. And the linebacker play, Kansas just, a, Kansas just exploited the, line, the, the, the issues at linebacker and how inept they can be at times in reading coverages or reading offenses. It, it just, it's just incredible to me how bad it has been. So when Lincoln Riley says they're close, I want to know what he's saying about what they're close to because it's clearly not – championship football it's clearly not winning the big 12 title right now i don't trust oklahoma to win all three of the games after the texas tech game and even right now i feel kind of like uncomfortable about the texas tech game because oklahoma has shown nothing of any of any dominance of any actual like putting away teams at all this year every game has been close even the tcu game where. They beat them, of course, by like, what, 21 points? It was like 55 to 30-something. But even then, for a while, that game was close. And uh, TCU has a couple bounces go their way. That game's way closer. And so this team has shown the ability, yeah, to win close games. Fantastic. Wonderful. I'm glad you're winning games. But the team has shown no aspect of being elite. The team has been maybe above average at best. And they are the worst undefeated team in college football right now. Would you agree with that?
1: No, you nailed it on that one. I think this team um, kind of lucked their way into this, this position Um, in some ways they've earned it, but in a lot of ways they've lucked in this position. And now you're heading into a part of the schedule where you're probably not going to get those bounces go your way. So, um, you know, you look at this, this gauntlet of Baylor, uh, Iowa state, Oklahoma state, they could easily lose I mean two out of the three, maybe yep. all
0: three and to to the them, and I don't think two of them are not Norman
1: right and I don't think this week is gonna really answer any questions as far as what that three game slate is gonna look like but um, at the moment, I mean this team should appreciate being undefeated because it's gonna be very sobering when they go on the road.
0: And I know OU's been missing—I know OU missed DJ Graham. I know OU's been missing Woody Washington. I know OU has been—they they, they haven't been, been playing Jalen Redmond. The, there's been no Marcus Stripling. There's, they've been without a lot of players. I get that. At the same time, like, that's an excuse for a team like Texas, right? A team that has a decent amount of talent every year, no matter how good or bad they are. They still have talent. And but for Oklahoma against Kansas, that shouldn't matter. Oh, you should be able to walk in with a starting quarterback and just demolish Kansas on, in the trenches, which they got a, like almost no push. They were full on defense. There are safeties everywhere. The their secondary was everywhere. You have Billy Bowman out there. You got Latrell McCutcheon out there. you got Justin Burles out there. you got. You've got Josh Eaton out there. Nobody's making plays. Key Lawrence makes a play. Now suddenly he's working opposite cornerback uh, of DJ Graham this week in practice, which is unbelievable to me. And something that I thought was interesting is this we talked about it pre-pod. The camera was on Spencer Rattler way <laughs> more in this Kansas game than we thought. Like we thought this we we talked about it before the TCU game, over and under eight and a half. How many times does the camera pan over to Spencer Rattler? I think it was under eight and a half, but during the Kansas game, oh my gosh, it was every other play that the, the camera oh, was yeah. on Spencer Rattler. And so, my question to you is this: A, do you think Spencer Rattler enjoyed seeing OU struggle in the first half, or do you think he's a team person, or do you think he's a team guy because he's a captain? And B where do you think he ends up
1: in the transfer portal? Um, the first one's a little interesting. I don't think he would just blatantly want this team to lose. I think, um, for better or worse, he has a lot of friends on this team and I don't think he'd kind of wish them to like lose in that position. But at the same time, there's no doubt in my mind that Spencer Ryler wishes, you know, if they struggle a little bit. Maybe he, he gets another chance. I don't think that's that's out of the out of the question. I think in a lot of ways, if you don't don't hope for that, then you're not really a competitor. Um but I don't think you would just blatantly want them to lose. Right. Transfer portal wise, um it's hard to see him not go to Lane Kiffin. I mean, Lane Kiffin loves loves arm talent. And he he's got a good offense and I would I would assume old miss there. He
0: he can he can, Assuming he, he stays
1: in in uh, at Ole Miss, yeah,
0: he can meet up with uh, Lane Kiffin at LSU.
1: Yeah, that's another position. Or, or uh, if you
0: if you check the LSU message boards, uh, they've given Lincoln Riley an offer he can't refuse. Oh God! Yeah, I
1: know. I don't think they. Uh, I mean, LSU's got a lot of money, but I don't think they have that much money. Yeah, I agree. Not for that buyout.
0: But yeah, the camera's on Rattler are a ton. I thought that was so odd. Of course, like it it none of what was none of what happened on Saturday uh, with the exception of that turnover, that just that jump ball that we've seen Spencer Rattler throw how many times this year into the Texas game. And that was it's like
1: That was one-on-one
0: coverage. There was one there was one defender there. Spencer Rattler would throw it with three guys there. That, that's the difference here. That's that's important knowledge, and I just I just don't understand. I just don't get it. And so, in your opinion, how much how much better like does this defense get? How how much higher does the floor raise once Oklahoma gets guys like? Jalen Redmond back and maybe a Woody Washington back. Does it raise substantially or is it just, just a little
1: bit? I think it's substantial if you get Woody Washington back, because if you look at just kind of where teams have targeted, um, you know, receptions, it's, it's definitely opposite of DJ Graham. So um, that's been something we've kind of seen over the past couple of weeks, whether it be Jane Davis, um, Latrell McCutcheon, whoever they put in there, Josh Eaton, Um, that's where they love to throw because they know they can't throw against DJ Graham, and they know they have a pretty soft coverage on the other side. Um, at the same time, I don't think it raises the bar too much because you also look at the crossing routes that Oklahoma just doesn't cover at all. Um, I think they're they're allowing like eighty percent passes over the middle, so uh, I don't think you can really fix that with anybody um on the roster currently. So. I think uh getting Woody Washington back is definitely ups your game a little bit, but they do have some question marks that I don't think they can really answer right now.
0: Well, we got a game this weekend on Saturday, two thirty kickoff. It's on ABC. It's a national TV. Oklahoma is favored by nineteen and a half. The o- I would not bet OU to cover. Uh, that's just me. Matt Wells fired this week, despite having a five and three (laughs) record. Uh, do you think, do you think Texas, not Oklahoma, do you think Texas tech walks into this game with the same offensive philosophy they had the entire year? or Do you think they changed it up a little bit with Sonny Cumbie at the helm? Because Cumbie, as we remember, is an air raid guy from tech himself. And I remember him at tech when he was at tech, when he was a player, so, do you think they change it up?
1: Um, I think they kind of stick with what with, with they got. I don't think they have too much time to kind of switch that offense over too much. Um, obviously, I don't think they're going to be able to do what uh, like, what Kansas and, and Kansas State and West Virginia. Those teams do where they can kind of milk the clock. And I don't think they're that type of offense. I think they're going to just kind of go for it. Um, they want to score and score score early, so... I don't think they're the type of team that's gonna go for that time of possession.
0: I feel like, man, yeah, because their defense isn't very good. No. I mean, it's it it is a horrifying defense. But I mean I mean Kansas was almost dead last in defense, and you saw what they did to you. At least the first half. But also OU had a lot of really awful like OU had eight penalties in the first half against Kansas. Just Undisciplined football. <laughs> they supposed to like, be bounteous. They, they literally just walked in and acted like I, they had already won the game. It felt like like I've I never seen that many offsides penalties in a half in my life. I feel like 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 why are you jumping off? You're literally you're literally you're literally there as a defensive lineman hovering over the football. How are you jumping off
1: sides? I mean, that's just not not living in the moment. That's just kind of going through the motions. But I do think some of those penalties, um, especially like the blindside block penalty, yeah, that was that was just fucking bullshit. That was weak. That that was I mean, the guy. looking right it wasn't
0: even. He was looking right. He was looking right at him, and it wasn't even a malicious hit. It was just a block. It was a regular yeah, he didn't really ass block. Himself,
1: didn't lead with the crown of the helmet. I mean. They were just out to throw the flag, I guess. And what
0: bothered me most about the offsides penalties was this. It happens occasionally. Like, you and you, yeah, you anticipate the snap count. People do that all the time. But after the first time and maybe even the second time, Maybe just look at the damn football and see when it snapped, then shoot your gap instead of just anticipating it. Cause I think Jordan Kelly jumped to the neutral zone a few times. Yeah, Brian Asamoa, he anticipated, <laughs> he, just, he just ran through the line of scrimmage. And I'm like, so many offsides penalties. Like, what are you doing? And I can't I can't even imagine what is going through Grinch's mind at in those moments, in in his in those internal monologues, other than I'm going to crucify somebody at halftime. Like, I can't even imagine what goes through his mind. And honestly, like you said earlier, Pat Fields, I like he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. Pat Fields is a great guy. He's going to be a successful businessman. He's not going to be playing football on Sundays. Uh, but he's going to be successful at what he does in life. He's, he's all about, like, you know, making life better for other people. And I really appreciated that. But you typically want your captains to be your best players in the field. And you yep. know what? He's not it, it's not it. And getting DTY this, back this week is going to be a big deal for Oklahoma. At least, uh, they'll have somebody that at least knows what they're doing in the secondary because for the last however many weeks, it's been what Pat Fields in their second group,
1: Pat Fields, and uh, Justin Broyles. Gosh, your true safety, which is not what you want to have. Um, okay, preps. Yeah, that's not a good look for okay preps. But um, at the same time, I mean, you kind of spoke to it as well, is that you look at captains of the past, you look at like Baker Mayfield or Kenneth Murray. Those are guys could talk, and they also showed up uh, on Saturday. So um, they kind of garnered that respect. I don't really think the captains of this year's group have really won over their team in that respect.
0: I mean, who do you, who do you have? Isaiah Thomas, who misses... A ton of tackles in the backfield. Mm-hmm. He's there, but never actually makes the play that often. You've got Jeremiah Hall, who's like a really nice guy, but I don't know like I mean I'm not I'm not in the locker room. You're not in the locker room. We don't we don't know how like how the team views him. Um but he's not a guy that says, All right, guys, let's go on a leading let's let's go and score on this touchdown drive, right? Let's like, he he doesn't seem like that guy that's a, that's the guy that you need your quarterback to be that's why quarterback is so integral to the team because you're not only leading the offense you have the ball in your hands the majority of the times you're the one adjusting the play at the line of scrimmage and like you're the ones being trusted to make those calls and so i mean like jeremiah hall is there and caleb caleb kelly god bless him the guys the guys there like his seventh year and he's a really 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 nice guy but I have no idea why he is on the field more often than Nick Benito it feels like sometimes and it's just unnerving I I I don't get it and I know DTY is going to be back and that'll help out a lot more and he got rest for the Kansas game a lot of guys suited out for the Kansas game but didn't actually even play Redmond suited out DTY suited out um I I know Theo Weiss has been actively and been been practicing I I guess but they're just being very cautious like with a lot of people's injuries like Woody Washington Theo Weiss, and all these dudes and I I surmised and we we talked about this previously that if Oklahoma could get past Kansas and Texas Tech unscathed and without a lot of teammates like DeLorean Turniel, like Woody Washington like the Jalen Redmond. Uh, that they could just go into that bye week with an extra bye, essentially healthy. And that seemingly didn't look like the case for the Kansas game, especially going to the, going into Norman for Texas tech this weekend, Mario Williams and Mike Woods also weren't there. So your receivers for the Kansas game were Marvin Mims, Drake stoops, Braden Willis, Trayvon West, Jaden Hazelwood.
1: You had Farouk out there. As Farouk,
0: well. yeah, that was weird. I was like, oh, there's I was like, there's a 14 on the field. That's not Rambo. But <laughs> they're questionable for this week. How are they like I did not see anything go down with Mike Woods f- for the Texas game? I didn't see anything, or the the TCU game, excuse me. I I didn't see, he played the entire game. Same for Mario Williams.
1: Why are they questionable for this week? I, to be completely honest, I don't know what's going on with Mike Woods. I know Mario Williams is still kind of battling a hamstring uh, injury, so um, those kind of are off and on. Uh, The timetable for those are kind of up in the air, so... Um, I could see why they hold Mario Williams out a little bit longer, especially going into uh, a bye week. But Mike Woods, I'm that's just a big question mark for me. Is
0: Mike Woods the best receiver on this team? Absolutely.
1: In that wild, he also has the best YouTube channel on this team.
0: I would agree with that statement. He does have a good YouTube channel. He, he does. I just remember. <laughs> And also, isn't it interesting how Jaden Hazelwood would catch no balls under (laughs) Spencer Rattler and now is catching all of the balls under Caleb Williams?
1: Well, it's one of those things where I think Spencer Rattler was trying to force feed um, Hazelwood the ball in the wrong situations, whereas Caleb Williams just kind of finds the open guy. And that's that's the biggest difference between the two.
0: Yeah, the, the ball might not look as pretty, because, I mean, like, looking at Spencer Rattler highlights, he's definitely got arm talent. Like, we're not, we're not dismissing that. He's a talented quarterback. But I don't think he's a talented team player. I think that... No. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield was a very talented team player. I think Kyler Murray was very, 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 very unique and is probably the best quarterback that's ever played at OU and understood his role as the quarterback but also just made immaculate plays and the team just gravitated towards him because, I mean, he broke every state record in Texas football history in high school and won the Heisman and, of course, and now he now he's at where, he's, where he is at Arizona today. And you don't see that in Spencer. And Caleb Williams, he's got the it factor. He's got the it factor. What, what what is like? What is the difference in your opinion between having Caleb Williams on the field and Spencer Rattler? Because to me, and this is just like I'm not talking X's and O's. I'm not talking. I'm not talking the players that are on the field. I'm talking just feel. For
1: Doesn't feel, it
0: feel different?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest difference is when you look at the, between the two. Um, when you look at Spencer Rattler's offense, it kind of felt like everyone was doing their own thing. Like it didn't feel like a collective group. It didn't feel like a collective effort. Um, With Caleb Williams, you kind of see him, I don't know, like rally the troops. You kind of see him in the huddle. Um, You know, this is what we're going to do. You guys are here, and this is how we're going to do it. He kind of, he finds a way to make this group work, and and Spencer Rattler could never really do that. He kind of let his guys do his own thing, so... Um, I just think he has a better voice. Uh, I think people kind of gravitate to his personality as well. So um, he finds ways of making it a team effort and not an individual effort. That's
0: how I feel. I feel feel more... I, I mean, I feel like there's more opportunity for big plays with Caleb Williams on the field because, of course, of his legs. I feel like there's also this... I don't know, maybe more aspects of respect towards the play caller. I feel I feel like there's more aspects of respect that it's evident that the team maybe likes playing for Caleb Williams more because he knows or the team knows that he has their back. And it's pretty evident that the team definitely has his back in comparison to maybe Spencer Rattler. I mean, I'm not, and of course it's not like, it's not like with Spencer, Rattler make a play and people are like, all right, cool, let's move on of the next down. And like, they wouldn't celebrate, they would, but it just, it feels different. The feel on the the feel when Spencer and Caleb were in the game, the feel is just totally different. Just understanding the dynamic of the relationship between the quarterback and his players, and I think that's important. Um, th- I I talked about this pre in the podcast and prior to the pod. This Texas Tech game is making me feel weird. I I don't know how to feel about it. Uh, OU's giving me no indication that they're gonna put away teams and just bounce them like they should. What What are your feelings on this Texas Tech game, especially coming off of firing where they could give some wrinkles, give some OU some trouble? And I mean, I mean, a team could respond one of two ways: they could respond and come out with with a lot of fire and passion, or they could come out and respond and come out really, really flat. So what's your opinion on this Texas Tech game this weekend?
1: Well, as far as on the Texas Tech side, I think uh, Comby, I think, you know, he's a great offensive coordinator. I think no one's going to doubt that. But at the same time, I don't know if he's a great, great head coach. I don't know how well he's going to kind of rally his team to get up and kind of give that kind of effort that they'll need to beat Oklahoma. Um, on the other side, I think Oklahoma... Maybe they don't get the entire message, but um, obviously last week was a big wake-up call as far as just being prepared. I don't mean Oklahoma just as far as being players, but I think the coaching staff as well, and you look at that that day they took off on, I think it was like last Monday. Um, big wake-up call for the entire program, and I think um, heading into this game, the preparation, maybe the intensity is there a little bit earlier than we've seen in the past, so... Um, I don't think I'm I'm too worried about this game for Oklahoma. I don't think they've kind of seen everything they need to, and if they don't respond, then that's that's a big big red flag. But um, I don't see them having the same issues this weekend.
0: I would hope not. Uh, I I mean I'm going to I'm gonna make it out to a tailgate. I will I will be with uh, Mr. Brady Trantham at the tailgate, and we will. Rejoice or be (laughs) sad again because OU is not playing up to their standards because they've recruited elite talent, especially on offense. And I just don't understand. The defense, I could get it, right? They still got guys that they're still getting guys from Grinch's scheme in. Makes sense. At the same time, almost your entire secondary is missing. You had Jalen Redman out. And that's letting Perry and Winfrey get double teamed a little bit more. But he's still being he's still being single blocked a lot as well. And there are other blatant holds that aren't just being called a Nick Benito and stuff like that. But that happens in every game where blatant holds aren't called. I mean, heck, on the reverse that OU did right after Kansas went up 17 to 7 Farouk. Blatantly holds a guy yeah. that keeps Trayvon West from being stopped at the twenty or twenty-five, and so like blatant holds are missed every week. Okay, so this is not new. This is just the Big Twelve, and that's their officiating. So it just gives me a weird feeling. I don't know what to expect, and nobody honestly really knows what to expect from this sooner team. Like you said, but the, you said you were you were very confident OU putting up points on TCU, and you were right. They 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 dropped fifty something on them, fifty-five, I think, and. With this Texas Tech game, I just, they like to run the ball. But at the same time, you know, they got a new coach, a new head coach that might throw in a couple more wrinkles. They might pass the ball because they know it's a weakness of OUs. They might try to punch OU in the mouth, in the mouth like Kansas did. Like Kansas is straight, ran up the middle. Yep. And they did a lot of read option and they tested those linebackers and those linebackers failed those tests. It, it was that it's that simple. Okay. And so that's why I keep on getting a very weird feeling for this Texas Tech game. Do I expect OU to lose? Should OU lose? No, they shouldn't. They're a far more talented team and have far more depth, regardless of the injuries that they have. But they've shown me no indication that they're going to be able to put away Texas Tech early. They've shown no indication that they should cover the spread against Texas tech. So therefore that's why I feel this way. So kind of wrapping up the podcast, what do you expect to happen this Saturday? And what is a score prediction that you think is rational?
1: I think offensively, Oklahoma is kind of, as long as they can score early, I think you alluded to it as well. Um, they don't really have too many issues kind of staying in a game. It's when they have to play from behind and teams can kind of milk that clock a little bit. Uh, that's where they run into trouble. So um, I think Oklahoma will, will, find ways to score early and often. Um, I think you look at Kennedy Brooks and maybe Eric Gray gets really involved this week as far as just being two guys they can kind of lean on um, and get them into scoring position and just kind of go from there. So Uh, I think offensively, they find their stride. Defensively, I don't think they're going to be, you know, great. Um, Texas Tech has a really, really good wide receiver. Eric, uh, I think it's Uzakama, who was pretty high on his recruit. Um, I think he's probably going to challenge Oklahoma deep pretty early on and and most likely throughout the game. Um, And that's going to be a big test for DJ Graham and what's probably going to be Keith Lawrence. And I think the safeties, we have kind of know what they are at this point. So. I think Oklahoma will probably win. I'll go Oklahoma like 42, but I think Texas tech will put up some points. So I'll give them like 24, 27, something like that. Say the score again, uh, 42, 27. Mm.
0: That sounds, that sounds like too accurate. Well, do you think the fan base would be happy with that score?
1: Oh, yeah, especially when you <laughs> you almost lose to Kansas. I think you'll take any sort of convincing win at this point.
0: Man, it's fair. What I expect to happen is I expect OU, OU's run game to still be maybe abysmal. I mean, like, they couldn't run the ball against Kansas. They couldn't run the ball against Kansas. Uh. <laughs> And uh, there were a couple of reads where Caleb Williams should have kept the ball and he would right. have gotten 20 yards upfield. But it, it just blows my mind that they're still having some struggles on the ground. And I'm not necessarily worried about the offense because Texas Tech's defense forever has not been that great. Even though they're improving marginally year by year, I say marginally, but, and I'm being like really nice about that. Like, They're not that great still, but at the same time, Kansas is like the worst. So who knows what to expect on Saturday? OU should be able to score. OU should be able to get some stops. OU, I think a big thing for them is getting out like you suggested, like we mentioned earlier. Got to get out. They got to score first. They got to get out to an early lead to force the other team to play catch up. That way the other team can't milk the clock. Because if the other team milks the clock and then ends up punting it, then you put yourself in a very bad situation. Uh, so OU essentially ha- almost has to win the toss until they get something figured out on defense, literally anything. And if it's as simple as Jalen Redmond coming back and putting Isaiah Thomas back on the outside where he belongs and doesn't get shoved in the back, shoved into the defensive backfield, then do it, please. Because uh, I just don't understand why why would you like do you have an answer for this? Why they put Isaiah Thomas inside when you have guys like Josh Ellison, Isaiah Coe, and Corey Roberson, and Jordan Kelly?
1: Not really, I guess maybe maybe speed. you kind of hope that his speed kind of takes over his athleticism, but I mean that's a you look at the trenches, that's a game of you know that's what game power, so. I don't really see too much power in Isaiah Thomas's game. I think you you lean more on, like, the Jordan Kelly. Corey Roberson's made a couple of plays here and there. I think they're getting back uh, a couple guys along the defensive line. But um, Redmond is the guy you want there. I don't think anybody has the ceiling that he does on this team.
0: Yeah, so I just expect Oklahoma to try to play fundamentally, fundamentally sound offense, try not to make mistakes, take the checkdowns when they're there, because I think Kayla Williams unlike other quarterbacks like Spencer Rattler, where you try to coach him up game after game, after game, take the check down, take the check down, take the check down at the sticks. Won't take the check down. Instead, holds onto the ball for too long. And of course, Caleb Williams still does that too. He's a freshman. And so he's given a little bit more leeway than Spencer Rattler is because Spencer Rattler has been in Norton for what? Two and a half, two and a half or three years now. This is a retro sophomore year. Um, this is Caleb Williams' first year actually under Lincoln Riley, the, in the quarterback room, being at the University of Oklahoma. So you give him a little bit more leeway to make those mistakes. That makes more sense. So I he's more coachable at this point. And like at a point in the game when he should have slid and stayed in bounds, he actually he ran out of bounds and like looks up. He's like, ah crap, I should have stayed in bounds. And so he looks at the sideline and he pats his chest and says, That's my bad. I should have stayed in bounds, should have kept the clock running. And, and so he's, I think, I think he's a more coachable quarterback too. I, I think he is, soaks up more information. I think that's, I think that's a, a pride thing for Spencer. I, 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 of course, these are just observations. These are, these are not things that are concrete. These are not things that are true. In fact, these are just my perspectives, but I think Coleman tries to play fundamentally sound offense as far as Just take the check down. Take what the defense gives you. But, of course, if you see a big play, go for it. If it's a one-on-one with Marvin Mims, with Jaden Hazelwood, try to make that play happen. But if there's a check down, that's far far easier. That's going to get you seven to eight yards. Maybe take that check down. And then, of course, Caleb Williams, use your legs, dude. They're obviously lethal. Use your legs. The defense godspeed i have no idea what advice <laughs> to give them other than to just get healthy and get to a medical center and like it, it looks like their defensive like the defensive room has to look like a, it has to look like a hospital right like you have to like dudes bandaged on their heads dudes <laughs> bandaged on their legs and their arms dudes on crutches like you've got so many guys out right now it's unbelievable but I don't know how much getting all those guys back would raise their ceiling. I know it would raise their ceiling and it would raise their floor, but I just don't know how much. Um, right now, I'm expecting OU to win like 34 to 27. Okay, I I, I just have no idea what to expect. Yeah, I, I just I just don't know what to expect from this team. It could be a garbage touchdown by Texas Tech at the end. Who knows? It could be 30, uh, it could be 27 37. I I have no idea what to expect from this team. And given their track record of this year, I think that's a pretty fair statement to make.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So, do you have anything else?
1: Uh, Join the Discord. I think I'm probably going to watch the the game on the Discord this week. That'll be a a new something to do. So, yeah, I'll be at some resort somewhere in Austin, Texas, and we'll see if we can find a TV somewhere. In that uh, that wedding so
0: it's always important in in people it, it's don't don't schedule your weddings in the fall on right. saturdays well don't do that that's bad that's that's not fun um but oh and also congratulations to editor in chief jack shields jack. not on the pod with it. got got married this past weekend and all that good stuff so all all all, all the good vibes to him but yeah, guys, go ahead and follow us on Crimsonand Cream Machine.com. Like Steven said, join the Discord. I put it in all of the details of the podcast, whether you're on Spotify or Apple or whatever, it's in the, de- it's, in the it's in the details of the pod. Follow us on Twitter at CC Machine. You can follow Jack at JLarryShields. Shields. You can follow me at KM Robbie and CCM. You can follow Steven at OUPdateSB. OU Looking forward to a game this Saturday. Hopefully something that isn't as like, gut-wrenching as this last Saturday. And uh, I'll check you guys later.